you know, you gotta know what's best for yourself. You can't, can't just, you know, think every opportunity is a great opportunity. Come on, I'm in the middle of DJing my set right now. I'm about to go on stage for a show right now. I can't talk about what you want to do. I'm focused on what I'm about to do. Welcome back to another episode of the Producer Grind Podcast. As always, we got the man CEO Dylan in the building. What's good? Good, good. And the man Carrington. Obama. How you feeling today, bro? <laughs> Chilling with like, what a feeling, boy. Yeah, we grabbed you out. <laughs> we, <laughs> we grabbed you out the barber's chair, man. I know, right? I was I was down there and it just had to make it up. I thought it was starting later on, but it's all good. I think the week got good. confused because we get ready to head to Dallas in the morning, man. It just seemed like we've been scrambling. There's so much to do, bro. I know we got that event coming up. Yeah. Big event. But who we got in the building today? Our guest today has worked with ASAP Rocky, Ritz, Starlito, Freddie Gibbs, Ugly God, Sleepy Brown, Jericho, and has done great work on that new Superfly soundtrack that just dropped. Please welcome to the podcast, DJ Burr One. Oh, yeah. yeah. Y'all got to stop with that snappy shit. Right? That shit weak, yeah. Snappy shit weak. We got we to think of something better than that. We knew, like, just... Air class? What you want to do? Air class? I don't know. So, but that, I don't know so. Why did 20 go so smooth and 21 is just jank? Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, a, here's the problem, man. You know, when the people get the, the actual episode, it's been edited and touched, and you get your claps, and then we in here, it's all silence. We need like a sound effect clap or something. Yeah, we do need a sound. Bah, 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 bah. That horn. Hell yeah. But anyway, this dude, yeah. DJ Burn One, man. Welcome to the building. Appreciate you for hey, joining yeah. us, brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. How you feeling today? Wonderful. Yeah, you feeling good? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling good. Things are things are looking up, man. It's nice, you know. It's like you work really hard for a long time, and, and uh, you know, you try to perfect your craft and do things. So it's nice to see, you know, feel that tide turning and feeling that good momentum start going the right way, you know. Yeah, good energy. You know, so it's um, easy for everybody to to uh, you know to feel like if you've been doing something for a long time, like am I fucking crazy? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I right to even be doing this? You know, yeah. like when you don't see that immediate result, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see like the super flash should go through and be like the first song on it. Hell yeah. You know? Hell yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know DJ Burn One, how would you describe DJ Burn One in a few sentences? Oh, in a few sentences. Um, I don't know. I'm just a guy who loves music. Um, and I'm really intrigued by making it at this mm-hmm. point. You know what I'm saying? Making music and and everything about it. You know, I've been playing bass a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Uh just like been in the hole, learning about mixing and mastering and and just just learning everything I can about it. That way I could just be more of use, you know? Yeah, like most definitely. I tweeted the other day, I was like, I'm so much more useful today than I was five years ago. You know, I can shoot videos, I can do mixing, I can do mastering, I can make the beat, I can find the artist, I can market the artist, I can, you know what I'm saying? There's so much stuff I could do now that you know, five, ten years ago is like. Being a producer from Atlanta, um, it's so easy to just go trap it out completely, right? And not to say that you don't make trap music, but your music has an eclectic sound to it, um, almost like a like a like a earthier, hippier type thing than most trap music, right? How would you describe or or what's the reason why you're a producer that's from Atlanta, but your music doesn't necessarily sound like Atlanta? Um I think it's just, you know, I think it's, you know, whatever you're raised on, like your influences, you know? Like I was raised on a lot of UGK, Anno Joe. Uh, three six mafia organized noise a lot of like live instrumentation mixed with samples mm-hmm. you know so when I started producing the first stuff I started doing was doing samples uh, and then I got to a point I was like this is incredibly easy like it just felt so easy like when I did Houston Old Head and Rolling Up those were like practice beats from the first year that I was doing beats mm-hmm. and um, I didn't have that much value for them because I did them so quick you know like each of them were like five or ten mm-hmm. minutes and uh, 
you know, obviously other people thought differently, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But it came so easy. I was like, all right, this is cool and it's fun. But I'm, I'm like, I realized I was using every time I sampled a record, you know, there's maybe like 70, 80 years of experience on that record. That bass player had been playing for 15 years. Mm, yeah. That producer had been producing for 15 years. Mm. The singer been, you know? So yeah. it's like you get to just grab a little piece, loop it, make a beat, and you're like, fucking amazing. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, now I'm a producer, you know? But I wanted to be like, and that's totally fine. That's hip-hop is based off samples. But I wanted to create the sample. You know, I was like, that's a fucking challenge. Like, how do I make a, a piece of magic moment, you know, just for that, whatever. Yeah. And then expand upon it and then just put my own thing. So we just try to always make sure, like, the drums are knocking, but everything else around. It was funny, too, because when I first started producing, I was like, I just need a guitar player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I just need a couple live instruments, and I throw them in the room, and mm. the thing will be done. And you're like, fuck. You know, somebody plays yeah. for, like, 15 minutes. You're like, what part you going to keep? Where are you going to put it? And then you're like, oh, now you got to think about arrangement and, you know, all this other stuff. So when I got with uh, Go, Rick, Go and Walt Live, those are my two partners. We spent like the first four years going in like four or five days a week, 18 hour days, hmm. just making music. Talk about that 10,000 hours. You can try to hit that immediately. Man, now it seems so easy to me now. Like when we're working now, it's just like water. Like my brain, I don't even have to use it. It's just like things happen. Like my arrangement, I was working on a record for uh, David Banner yesterday. We got a record with Banner that's so that's fucking tight. But I was working on it yesterday and it's like, I could just go in this toolbox of like this encyclopedia, you know, like from all the movies I've watched, from all the songs I've heard. I got possible song transitions in my head and I'm like, okay, well, in this song, they did this and that. You know, I think that's where that quote comes from. Great artists don't borrow, they steal. You know, it's not about like taking a thing. It's like the concept. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. the actual thing. It's the concept <clears throat> of like, oh, I can do, you know, like on the Sleepy record, you know, I was like, damn. The song was going. I had the first two sections. I was like, we need some stabs, Walt. Yeah. You know, so he did that dun, 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 you know? And I was like, that's that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all it needed in that. But it was like, we didn't try to do a Curtis Mayfield thing. It was just like, some stabs would be tight. You know? Yeah. But it's just like having that encyclopedia to pull from, you know? Do you think um, starting off, listen one, listening to all the music that you listen to, I read that your dad used to listen to a lot of country music. Yeah. You know, man. so you had a lot of, uh, you were exposed to a lot of different genres. Now, do you think that helped you that helps you now in your creative process and making music. Yeah, absolutely. Like my mom used, used to listen to like B98.5, which is like the 80s soft rock. Pop yeah, station, yeah, yeah. You know? I'm reading that. And my dad was like Merle Haggard, Montgomery Gentry, like Elvis Gospel and shit like that, you know? Um, and it's cool. You just build up this encyclopedia, you know, if you pay attention. And it's weird now because I listen to music totally different than I used to listen to it. You know, I used to like unconsciously listen to music or subconsciously <laughs> listen to music. Now I'm like, oh, that's an interesting drum pattern or... This right here is cool. That's a nice lick to where before I'm just enjoying the shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's cool to have all this stuff just from enjoying it before I try to really break it down. But then even coming back now and, and listening to stuff fresh and hearing, you know, UGK is like hearing it for the first time now. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's like <clears throat> that fucking lick just hitting right on that snare just sets that turnaround off. You know what I'm saying? Like certain things that now I can incorporate, but it definitely informed why I make music the way I do, you know? So... <clears throat> Um, I had read that, you know, you started as a DJ and then you took a year off from DJing completely just to work on production, right? And you kind of touched on that a little bit. Can you talk about what that year looked like for you? Um, so I was doing I was doing mixtapes. I was doing artist tapes. Like I already did Chicken Talk and I did Dro's Future Legends and I'd done a couple tapes. I think the last tape I really did that I really fucked with was uh, Pill 4180. Yeah, he was dope. Um, super tight, man. But What happened to Pill? Um, I don't know. Probably have to ask him. I don't know. He's dope. I see him around, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But as far as that, you know, 
Consistency is big, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't really go missing for too long. Like, I feel like I've kind of gone missing from the public, even though I've been working. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've been like developing my shit and all those relationships I have are still there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But it's harder for an artist yeah. to just go missing. Because it's like, where the hell you been? Music moves so fast. Then it sounds yeah. like you're trying to catch the wave. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but when I did the 4180 tape, I loved the original <laughs> songs he did. I like the freestyles too, but I was like, man, original songs. I just wish I had beats to give him, you know? So I was like, you know what? Instead of me sitting here bitching about the quality of music that I'm getting, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, let me learn how to make beats. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I just took a year off. Luckily, I was just making enough money from hosting tapes and stuff to where I didn't have to work. You know what I'm saying? And so just every day I wake up, make five beats. Now, how did you get into DJing? Because I also read that back in high school, you were like selling mixtapes, selling CDs. So did that play a role in you becoming a DJ? Yeah, I kind of just fell into it, man. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I initially started like, ninth grade just messing around with Sony Acid Pro, mm-hmm. doing, like, little blends. Like, I used to love DJ Jelly and Oomp Camp Tapes. You know what I'm saying? Do you know about that? That so. Acid Pro? That sounds a little bit before my age, before bro, my time. Bro, I picked up Sony, a reason. Sony I, remember, I, remember still uses I think DJ shit. Payne still uses yeah, it, too. Yeah, DJ Payne. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah dog. Um, but I used to just do little blends and stuff. I was calling myself DJ Chaos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, like, not even touching the turntable. And then I started selling mixtapes. I just take like the hot, the top 10 songs on the radio. And I was like the only person that knew how to work a CD burner back then. You know, I was like one of the first people up on internet computers and all that shit in my school. So I like burn CDs and people be like, you know, that's how I even got my name. Because once I started working at this CD store, I'd bring like, (laughs) I had like trap music, the real copy, advanced copies, like real copies before they came out because the CD store I was working at. And uh, I'll be selling for 20 bucks. Like, man, burn me one, burn one, burn one. Because they're so used to getting my cheap tapes for like 10 bucks or something, you know? I was like, all right, I'll burn one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, going, um, starting off from that. And then I ended up working at a music store. And I was selling those same mixtapes for like 10 random songs. And then I think drama has started just to come around. And so I was like, why don't you do something like that? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, why don't you go get some exclusives from some artists around that you fuck with? Mm-hmm. And then just put it out. I was like. All right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so when I was in high school, I used to just get off every day. Every day I get out and I just drive around 285 on my dad's little red pickup truck and fucking drop CDs off and sign it, you know, yeah. talk to the owners and get some game. You know, like before I wouldn't even like I had to cover, but I wouldn't even draw on the CD. The guy's like, what are you going to do if somebody takes that CD out and, you know, like mess, you know, like leaves it around something else? I'm like, all right. So I just used to listen. You know what I'm saying? Like I just never talk. I just listen. And um, I just one thing led to another, you know. Eventually led me to doing beats. Um, right, that eventually led me to, to touring for DJ for um, as a tour DJ for Bubba Sparks. Oh, okay. Um, so I went on tour with him for like three years while he uh, he had Miss New Booty. Like talk right after it. that, talk about it. <laughs> Wild man, wild. It was a good time. You know, it's like <laughs> one of them times that you wouldn't trade it for nothing. But you look back, you're like, how are we still alive? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like just keeping it all the way real. You know, it's like being out on the road like four times a week, flying everywhere, not having like. And it wasn't like when you have a big record like that. Unless you've kind of set it up now, they're better with touring and stuff like that. Like Kendrick will have a whole route mapped out. Back then, there you were just going to get random show money, so you're flying like literally back and forth across the country, oh, yeah, doing a couple shows in Cali, fly to Detroit, fly to New York, then fly back to the fucking Midwest, and it's like the trips didn't make no sense. Like <laughs> yeah. there was no routing, you know, and it's yeah. like you just end up spending a lot of time out there. So what do you do? Drugs, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's just, it's just where it goes, you know. Coffee. So it's cool. It's like. It was good to go through that to be at where I'm at now, like a much more, you know, like I still smoke, but it's like I'm like off the alcohol and other shit. 
But it's good, man. It's, it's nice to get that life experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Most I feel definitely. like you can't tell somebody not to wild out. Yeah. yeah. Somebody just got to wild and like catch the consequences a couple of times and be like, all right, I'm going to calm down. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't right. push enough speed into my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shit. Now I'm like, all right, I can find where to move and how, you know? Now, uh, when you was um, touring and you were saying like, you know, partying, living that lifestyle, do you, could you hear, when you go back and listen to the music you made then, can you hear those influences in your music? I wasn't even making music then. You weren't making music. I was doing at all. tapes. Just I was tapes. doing tapes. I wasn't even making beats. I was managing a producer. My partner Walt. I was managing him. Okay. Uh, like he did God in the Builder for Killer Mike and uh, Tracy T. Swagger. I checked was kind of like a big Atlanta record at the time. Oh, okay. Um, but I wasn't really making beats at the time. And honestly, looking back, I wasn't focused. You know what I'm saying? Like things I've learned that I could share now is like a lot of people don't get a second chance. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, if that was the only chance I got, Ooh. I probably would have fucking blown it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's just because I wasn't focused. You know, it's like when you go from making no money to making a couple thousand a week. And I was even living with my parents still because I was so young. I was like 19. You know, it's like you don't value shit. You yeah. think it's going to come forever. You know what I'm saying? True. So as opposed to me, like, taking that money in and, like, starting to make beats then and investing in my shit yeah. then, I was just kicking it with the homies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, hitting yeah. the fucking bar every day, fucking playing pool and buying wings and beer for everybody and fucking... Spending all night at the studio, not actually probably doing shit for myself. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, most definitely. a tape or two probably came out from it, but I was I was just looking back, I'm like, now what I do in the 24 hours versus what then I did in the mm. 24 hours, it's like remarkably different. Like, every, every week, I'm like, whoa, I'm so much better at bass. I'm so much better at this. And back then, it's like, why isn't shit moving? Why is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're questioning stuff, but then you're like, well, what am I putting into it? Other than mature. Okay, so putting into it. Maybe a little bit of maturity. Is there anything else that kind of forced your hand to make that change? Um, the law. You know what I'm saying? The law. You know, you bump your head against the law. They're going to be like, all right. You know? uh, and not to put your business out there, but you walked in with your beautiful family and, oh, yeah. and, and the shorties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So as always, I know that that caused a lot of people to look at their lives differently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I definitely face the point of like, you can either drink or have a family. But you can't do both. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, I, you know, my dad was alcoholic. Luckily, he got off it. And then my dad's dad was like a piece of shit alcoholic. And then my mom's whole family just like, you know. So you learn so much shit once you come through the other side and you're like, oh shit, I got crazy tolerance because of my family. Mm. It's not just, oh, I could watch it, I could hold my fucking shit. You know, it's like, no, my whole family can fucking hold that shit. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. And then you just end up going too far. But it's cool, man. You know, it's like, um, it's nice to have people that, that genuinely support you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's also nice to have people that don't take shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, yeah. here's the fucking line. You know what I'm saying? You make the decision. That's cool, man. Thank you for sharing, man. That's real as yeah. hell, man. I want to come back to that year you took off to make beats. What'd you, what'd you, uh, what software, what machine, or what device did you pick up first? Um, when I was on the, like, when I was in high school, I used to just, like, dick around on Fruity Loops and just, like, draw random drum patterns in, but I wasn't really producing. But then when I started to really make beats, I was using Reason. Um, My man. <laughs> yeah. I like, uh, yeah, well, I remember why, chopping why Reason? Why Reason? I'm just curious. Um, at the time, Ableton wasn't really known like that. And then FL was just a little bit, um, it didn't really speak to me. Yeah. That's why I realized certain things speak to certain people. Like the bass now really speaks to me way more than keys. I can play keys. I can get the job done. But it's like playing bass, I feel that shit. Yeah. So therefore, I want to do it more. And I spend more time. You know, uh, when I open up Reason, it just it just sounded good to me. I could get to the point. I could use Recycle to chop the samples. Because I was like, because I feel like, especially when you first start making music, you emulate your heroes, mm -hmm. people that you grew up on. So all my beats sounded like fake DJ Tune beats, fake Three Six Mafia beats. <laughs> I didn't understand that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're just like, oh man, that little fucking lick. That's like, oh, it's a wah guitar sample, man. Mm -hmm. And you make the beat, and you're like, wow, that really sounds like 
something Tumpa do or whoever, you know? And then you eventually find your own style through going through that, you know? Um, Quick question. Who invented trap music? Oh, man. Uh, definitely T.I. and Tump. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the man made an album called Trap Music. Like, anything <laughs> other than that is just not true. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you want to say who, who you know, you know, to the next whatever, I mean, shit, you know, obviously Jeezy was the one who, like, I would say popularized it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you got, like, innovators and inventors and, you know, like, yeah, all the di- yeah, different yeah, distinctions. Yeah, yeah. Like, T.I. was the inventor. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like. Jesus was like the innovator that made everybody want to be that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when Trapper Die came out, everybody who was a trapper wanted to rap. You know, and then Gucci was like the logical next version of that. Of like, yeah. like, like I like Gucci so much when I met him because he was like telling these like really like <clears throat> fucked up stories of like robbing people and all this crazy shit, but it was funny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, why is this shit so funny? Like this dude's like, he's a goofy dude. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a funny dude, but he's rapping about real shit. Yeah. And I'm like, if I get a kick out of this shit. Somebody else. Did you read the book? Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, I got a story in there. That shit's too funny. You, like, I feel like you're the first person we've actually had on that read the book. Can you talk about your thoughts? The book's amazing, dog. I think the um, the Arthur, um, who's a guy I know, and I'm drawing a blank. What's Neil. His name? Mar- Neil. Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil Martinez Belkin. Um, he was really dope, man. I felt like uh, he kept it in Gucci's voice the whole time. So you feel like you're talking to Gucci the whole time. Mm-hmm. Every time I get somebody to like just pick it up at my house, when they pick it up, they're like, they can't put that shit down. Mm-hmm. And I was the same way. I read it in like two days. Dang. Yeah. It was just like, it was that good. And it was funny. Like, I was happy they included my story in there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, going <laughs> yeah. back to like times you could have easily died. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that was definitely like one of those times of like, just wild. You know what I'm saying? Like, drugs, money, guns involved, extra shit. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, luckily... My dad always gave me the foresight. He was like, if you ever feel like anything's going down, get the fuck out of there. Mm. And he would never cuss, but he said that just to, like, let me know. <laughs> like, I'm not bullshitting with you. Get the fuck out of there, you know? Yeah. And it's like I had that hair pop up in the back of my neck, you know? Folks arguing <laughs> and shit. But like, you need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Got in the car and fucking deal. So we were, um, we were talking about, like, the evolution of trap. And now you see, you obviously are working with some... Uh, like what people would consider the new version of trap the nowadays, like working with Ugly God. What are your thoughts on where trap has gone and how it's expanded? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I think the 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 biggest <laughs> the biggest most interesting part is how like EDM culture has like kind of I don't say subverted it or taken it or gentrified it, whatever the fuck yeah. you want to say. Adopted kind of yeah, like they yeah. have kind of like adopted it and kind of like made it into something that totally. I don't really think it's trap music, but it has yeah. 808, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, to me, like trap music is part of like, is an extension of hip hop as far as like being the street reporters, you know what I'm saying? The shit Gucci was saying was what it was, but it was true. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, as soon as you just make it like a party and it's cool, you know what I'm saying? But it was just like an interesting thing. It was just an interesting turn. I really don't know how I feel about it yeah. still. I'm just like, it just kind of is what it is. But seeing other people, you know, like, now everybody's on trap shit. You know, yeah. like I just listened to Christina Aguilera album. She's got a damn near <laughs> trap album. You know, it's like, it's pretty fucking amazing. Maroon 5 got a trap song out. You know, it's like just hearing those drums. Pop is very, tra- I'm starting to notice that like when you when you grab a road trip and just throw on a radio, like pop is very trap influenced now. Yeah. Fucking I think it's Gomez, like the all these people, like they got, it's hip hop is cool. Yeah. So they want to be cool. So it's like doing like the old school. <laughs> that ain't really, you know what I'm saying? That ain't a thing. People want to, 
<laughs> they want some rhythm. Yeah, they don't want to hear it. They want the hop. They want the bounce. They want the 808 to drop, you know? And it's like, you can't really do a song without 808, even in the Sleepy Brown song. It's like a really traditional song. But if you listen on the on the, uh, on the the break, that doom, doom, I fucking put a boom, 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 boom. You know, it's like some just to have drums. the 808 at yeah. one part, you know? It's like well, how do you feel up. about what people are calling like boom trap, if you will? Boom trap. I know uh, Ilman does the 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 black. Uh, what do you call it? He, he, he I think he the does black tra- challenge, right? Or are you talking about? The well, black? no, that's black challenge. But he he does boom trap. He I think he had a, a oh, instrument that I oh, call yeah, boom yeah. trap. But when I was listening to like Logic or like I listened to like a futuristic, like you can hear that sound yeah. all in it, where it's very trap influenced, but the sound selection is more um, curated, right? You know what I'm saying? Than, a, than a, the average trap song. It's cool. It's interesting, man. I like I like seeing how stuff kind of like splinters off and like develops these own little. I think that's just cool. You know what I'm saying? I love shove genres and like little shit like that, like uh, lo-fi, like the lo-fi hip hop's real oh, big yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. to me, all this stuff sounds exactly the same. But I love each and every one of them. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like somebody's like lo-fi, I pull it. I'm like, that's a lo-fi beat, mm-hmm. but it's jamming and it's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's fun, man. I think as long as people are doing what inspires them, you know, it's cool. I just don't like when people like shark off the culture and oh, don't yeah. pay it forward. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think culture appropriation is like real, real. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, well, I think that's one thing we were talking about during pre-production and have a conversation about Five Points Bakery. Um, you know, that was kind of the, you know, Five Points, that term has such a cultural connotation in the city. Like, yo, you want to go feel something, go down to Five Points. You yeah. know? Can you talk about why you guys even chose that name? Yeah. As, as I was on tour, I realized that every, most, most decent metropolitan cities have a place called Five Points. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the area where everybody's kind of accepted. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna see somebody with purple hair, you're gonna see the gay couple, you're gonna see uh, you know, young black kids, you're gonna see some Mexican people, you're gonna see everything. And nobody's looking at each other funny. Mm-hmm. Folks who just coexisting, being themselves. You know, that was like me in high school, you know? Like I grew up in an all black area downtown in Hapeville, and then I moved to a white area predominantly in uh McDonough to go to high school. And I like I sat at the multicultural table. You know, like people naturally segregate themselves. So it's like white, black. Uh, you know, multicultural, whatever. And then I was at like the table with like the Asian kid, the yeah, black kid, the Indian yeah. kid. Like I was literally at that <laughs> table, you know what I'm saying? So it's like when I thought about like what are we going to call what we're doing, I feel like we kind of embody that five points culture of like everybody's welcome. Everything is like even when we work with people musically, I don't, unless there's specifically a reason why I call somebody to do something like, like uh, we got, you know, flute players and stuff, you know, like we work with this guy who's a teacher, uh, Doug High. He's like the band leader, but he came and played flute on the, the sleeping so, That's dope. That's dope. And it's like, you know, I'll let him do whatever you do. And then if I hear something after that, then I'll bring it in. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I'm bringing you in for your taste, for your yeah. flavor, yeah. for your style. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the old way of conducting. And it's and of course, if you got 56 people in the room mm-hmm. and you got, you know, you're going to have to have some charts and shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if I'm bringing them in one by one, just do your fucking thing. Then I'm gonna ask, like, all right, maybe I can get something else right here or whatever, you know. Well, it's just embodying that, you know. Ricky, Ricky always says, "Foreign to the ear, familiar to the spirit." Mm. That is. Say us. it again. Foreign to the ear, familiar to the spirit. You know, like that's mm. exactly our sound. Like when people hear it, like, damn, that sounds like something. They get nostalgia, but it don't sound like shit you've heard. But the energy, the vibe, the way we got a little tape manipulation, or a little bit of the wall, or a little bit of the baseline funk, a little. Little, little language on the bass liquor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just feels like, damn, this shit reminds me of something. You know? But you ain't heard it. Yeah, he just you know, you haven't it, heard yeah. it. Like, it don't sound like nothing. You know? I love that feeling. You know? Like, that's just priceless. Like, when people were hearing, like, when I started looking at the comments for the Sleepy Brown record on Twitter, let me just see what people are saying. And everybody was fucking with that shit. 
I could just tell people just want something fresh. You know what I'm saying? Because it don't sound like Curtis. It's just got energy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's got energy. Like, there's no one song that we were like, let's remake Lil Child Running Wild. Or let's remake this or that. It was just like, let's vibe. And, and, and Sleepy, then, you know a, what I'm saying? Sleepy is a funk music legacy, isn't it? Man, I feel like he's like the second coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the second coming up, Curtis. Like, if that was our modern day, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he's in that vein. So it was like, to do that specifically with him, you know, like I had a real surreal <clears> moment <throat> while we were at Stankonia finishing up the record. Mm. Um, because we had pretty much everything done, and then we needed a bridge. I was like, man, he's a bridge. And so we went up there, and I brought some background singers. And uh, it just so happened we walked in, and uh, Preston Crump, who played the bass line mm. for countless, countless records, Southern Playlist, Cadillac, Music, Sarmis, <laughs> Jackson, fucking uh, my favorite beat of all time, The Art of Storytelling Part 1. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the reason why I play bass. I love bass chords and all that shit just because of, of what he did on there. Um, you know, like, actually – I walked out of the room and I walked back in and he was playing my bass line that I did. Oh. It was like an incredibly surreal moment. And yeah. then he was figuring it out. And so dude was like, oh, can you show him? I'm like, because he had a five string and I played yeah. it on a four string. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like fumbling over the notes, like trying to show my bass hero the reason why I do this, that. And fucking Chance Parkman was in there. The guy like, he's on Outcast Liberation, sorry, Miss Jackson and all these records. Like, yo, you got something. He goes in there and like, he's like, yo, let me see. He goes in there on the baby grand piano and just starts playing for like 20 minutes. I'm just in tears. I'm just oh, like, beautiful. The power of music, diary. That's why I love music so much because it cuts through all the fucking bullshit. I know, you we're, know? I know we're transitioning, but I do want to ask you the art of organized noise, the documentary you've seen oh, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Talk, just talk to me about your feelings about that because I'll never get to share these thoughts with a lot of people. Man, <laughs> it's tight. It's tight, man. It was really dope. You know, I'm, uh, I've luckily been able to build a real cool relationship with Ray Murray. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, build a one with Sleepy too, you know? Yeah. But um, it's interesting, man, you know? I mean, I feel like there's, like, a lot of a lot of lessons for people to learn, you know? I feel like people need to learn. That's a big thing to do, you know? Like, get yourself some knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool to just do your thing and just go. You know what I'm saying? But it's also cool to be like, who has come before me? Mm, what has yeah. been done before? So I know what not, you know what I'm saying? What to do, what not to do. What I can do that they've done but differently. Where, you know what I'm saying? Find your place to... It trips me out that people are willing to move to Atlanta to pursue their music career. And they don't really know the history of why they're moving. I could point you to the that movie or that documentary, that thing said, you need to get down here. And and that organized noise is definitely one of those things. Yeah, man. And it's it's um and it's interesting too, just saying like the dynamic of, you know, cause you just <clears> hear <throat> the music and you, I would just always read the credits. So you just see organized noise, but then you, you watch the, um, the documentary and you're like, damn, Ray was really like, doing a lot of the heavy lifting, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know Sleepy was playing the bass lines early. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's just certain things you learn. You're like, okay, you know? But just, like, even just from some of the pitfalls, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, everything that was involved and then, you know, just how certain drug, you know? Cocaine is just bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say I'm fucking perfect. You know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. like, it should just deteriorate your mental and makes you make really fucking bad decisions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to see, like, you know, I feel like that's why Andre wrapped that on uh, Spaghetti Junction. So people eat low whiskey slopes and fall like avalanches. Mm. You know, it's like that shit's real. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can dabble and learn and whatever, but it's like certain things are really detrimental. You know, and I think people just need to understand what they're putting in their bodies. I think everybody's getting more health conscious. You know what I'm saying? Not to be all preaching shit, but it's like people want to be around. You know, like a good friend of mine passed away like eight months ago. That kind of led to my where I'm at today. Seth mm. Perkins. Um, he was known mm. as Futures Engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything. All the shit you've really heard from Future since Dirty Sprite, he pretty much did, uh, with countless other shit, you know. But he like, you know, 
probably work themselves to death. You know what I'm saying? Like in the studio working, you know? We were working on some shit um, right before he passed, too. And I remember when I last time saying, I'm just like, this looks bigger than I ever remember. You know what I'm saying? Like just put him more more weight, you know what I'm saying? And just seem more unhealthy. And it didn't, you know, you don't think like, about to pass away and healthy. Yeah. I didn't see we live in the South, there's big people everywhere. Yeah. We didn't see it for a while. But uh I think it's just, you know, it's a reminder that, that music is important, getting shit done is important, but also taking care of yourself is like incredibly important. You know, it's like before I used to didn't care, but now it's like I don't fucking be around. Yeah. You know? Even before I had kids, I just wanted to be around. You know, it's like I got shit to do. Mm-hmm. So you I got things I want to accomplish. I'm not learning all this shit just so I could fucking go bomb myself or, you know what I'm saying? You're dropping a lot of knowledge and a lot of gems, but like so what advice would you give? Like what are some of the things you would just say to a young producer now? Like with all the things that you've learned along your career, what would you just suggest to a producer, tell a young producer? Focus on learning the business as much as you do learning how to make music. Mm. And how do they go about doing that? Um, there's a lot of free resources out there. And also, too, it's like now we're in the inf- the, the uh, age of uh, information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to learn how to discern. <clears throat> you know, you have to learn yeah. how to be like when you watch a YouTube video. I go to YouTube University every day. Exactly. And you get 10 minutes of information. I only need a minute of that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I only grab the part where I'm like, truth, Yeah. I'm taking that part. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, this part, I need that. You know, and then they say some shit and you're like, they just don't sound right. I don't know. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You, I'm like, I, I'm not going to leave a hating comment. I'm not going to do none of that. I'm just going to take what I need from it and then move on. You know what I'm saying? So with like information like that, there's plenty of information from like actual sources, you know what I'm saying, that you can go to and learn about. And I actually just started a nonprofit <clears throat> called Fast Forward United. Okay. Uh, it's mainly focused on teaching kids how to make music and how to learn business. But we're going to start a website for everybody to where you can learn what is a producer agreement, what is a producer deck, what are royalty points, what is publishing. What do you yeah. do? You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't understand masters and compositions and how all this stuff works. What is a work for hire? You know? It's like back in the day, um, you know, musicians would play uh, a bass line and say, you know, the 40s and 50s or whatever, and they would just get paid whatever the union scale was. You know, like, oh, you know, you play the bass line, you get 100 bucks, you know? And then people realize, I'm fucking writing this music. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If somebody exactly. didn't tell me what to write, I'm a writer. Therefore, I deserve publishing. Therefore, I should be eating off the album sales. Mm-hmm. And this hundred dollars you're giving me up front is pennies on the. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like now people are realizing, okay, writers share credit, and they're learning more about it. But I would just, you know, because the thing is, you're gonna learn one way or another. It's just either gonna be the good way or the hard way. Yeah, and it seems you like know what I'm saying. Yeah, you're we gonna were, learn. We were talking about earlier how you had certain situations happen where you learned the hard way. So if you want to elaborate on those, just so people can have a, a more of an understanding of what that situation was. Yeah, you know, like the uh, the work I did on ASAP Rocky's first project uh, mm. that really blew him up and put him on the, the map, Live Love ASAP. Um, the two records I did on there, you know, they reached out to me for the records. They're like, yo, you got two on there. We picked these two beats. It's funny, they found them on my sound click. I just threw them up there. I just wasn't really thinking about it. And, um, you know, they said they were going to pay me. So I was like, cool, I sent the files over. And the stems? Yeah. Oh. And just fucking just didn't hear nothing back. You know what I'm saying? Something happened with the A&R. He got locked up on like some weirdo shit. And um, like on the humbug or some shit. And then uh, I just didn't hear back. And I just wasn't on my business enough to follow up with it. And I think like maybe a year or two later, I got a lawyer. But I didn't like put him up on what was going on. And I was just like trusting the system. You're like, well, I'm an honest person. So I I'm think other people have behave yeah. like me. Cut that shit out. Mm. take everybody for what they're at. You know what I'm saying? Know where you are, know where people are at. And so I just didn't super follow up on it. You know what I'm saying? So like maybe eight months ago, RCA, the label that put it out, 
hit me up. They're like, yo, we want to pay for one of these records. And I hit him back. I'm like, is this a joke? You know what I'm saying? It's been like six, seven years. You know what I'm saying? And I, in the process, in the past like year or two, I've been trying to like get it settled, figure it out. And um, and finally, yeah, pretty much they hit me up for that. And then went MIA again for like another couple months. And I'm like, what is wrong with these fucking yeah, people? Yeah. Who are these people? You know what I'm saying? And uh, and and uh, yeah, come to find out they're still not trying to pay me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're basically saying the master costs too much to clear. Lionel Richie's one of the writers on one of the records. They're not talking about the other sample because, of course, they hit you with the redirect. Like, oh, this one, not this one. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just a reminder to, like, stay on top of your business. You know what I'm saying? Like, had I at the time handled it right, you know what I'm saying? I had somebody just on them. That's why you get a lawyer. So somebody's on yeah. them fighting for your behalf, you know? If they would have been on them, then it would be cool, you know? But So I got a copyright litigator involved. And he's like, well, it's been seven years. And it's like statute of limitations and all that shit. So it's just like... You know, I found out from one of the producers, they didn't even try to clear the samples at first, mm. which technically is fraud. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, you can't just put out music. You know what I'm saying? And he was on a major label, dog. So this is part of, like, how major labels have bastardized mixtapes. You know, it's like, it used to be, like, as an artist, you didn't have a lot. This is your way to get your music out to the world. Like, when we did Chicken Talk, I sold Gucci on, if you're reading the book, I sold him on doing mixtapes by saying, yo, you don't have to worry about Big Cat or whoever this is. You can just put your own shit out, get it to the people and go book shows. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, and that's great if you're unsigned or in a bad contract or whatever. When you're first signed to a label and they got millions of dollars to put behind you and they choose not to pay for the beats, yeah, it's just fucked up. You know what I'm saying? It's fucked up. And then you're looking at this dude balling and you're looking at the YouTube footage of people going crazy in Paris at the body climb to your shit. And then it's like, you know, the people are telling you, oh, yeah, he only performed it two, song- two times or something. I'm like, so these people going fucking crazy out here. You tell yeah. me he only performed this song twice, you know, and then everybody's coming to me. These workers are classics. Da, 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 yeah. da. And I'm like, I got nothing to show for So how's show. that relationship now? Uh, I don't fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Like, if they want to come right and pay me some money, you know what I'm saying? It was funny because I had uh, the producer, Pierre Bourne, sign. I like, yeah. discovered him and and kind of like help him, you know, kind of get his foot in the door. Um and they were trying to sign him. And so, of course, they called oh. me up, sucking my dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're gonna we're getting all ASAP Rocky back with his old producers and this, that. You know, it's all fucking So that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about how you felt about it. Because from a consumer standpoint, you, for a while, you were ASAP Rocky's producer. Like, being in the industry, we know, okay, nobody's really anybody's producer. But for right. a while, you were ASAP Rocky's producer. Right. You know what I'm saying? So how does that, like, how, what about that part? Man, image is hilarious, <laughs> dog. You know what I'm saying? It's just funny. It's just funny the impressions that people get just just from that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, bro, I can't tell how many times people have like looked at me like, oh, you on now. You good. You know what I'm saying? I know you eating right. I know you da da da. And you're like, it's a little tougher. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just keep it all the way real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just tough to earn a living freelancing anything, dog. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a writer, fucking musician, photographer, anything, anything bro. Yeah. If you're a freelance, bro, you're earning it every fucking day. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it was it's really weird, you know, even just all the shit I've done, you know, people coming up, oh, you're a legend, this, that, and the other. And you're like, my pockets don't feel like a legend right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I had realized I wasn't investing in myself and that's why I wasn't getting that return. And so, like I said, the past five years, I've just been in a fucking hole, learning, becoming better, becoming more valuable. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like, wow. When I walk into a studio with like Sleepy Brown and we're like doing this bridge and I got background singers doing these parts. And I got, you know, putting this piano and I'm getting all this shit in there. I'm just fucking moving. You know, it was like somebody took a video, like, while we were working. 
And I was like, damn, I look way more calm than I was internally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. inside, I'm like a little bit, you know what I'm saying? A little anxious or whatever. I know what I'm doing, but I'm just a little bit of like, you know, All like stage right you. before you go on, yeah. like good butterflies. <clears throat> but I was like, I was looking calm because I knew what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? I've studied, I've learned, I've grown, I've trialed and aired myself to the point of where like, I can tell Sleepy Brown when when he's like, I don't really think you should add this. Let me try it. You know? And then like him turning around 10 minutes later after he goes in there, he's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like it was a couple elements towards the end of um of adding on the Sleepy Brown song where Ray Murray was like, man, he was telling me these stories and it's always good getting stories from OGs, you know? He's like, man, what's seven playlistic? He's like, I put a sound on every track on this board. And it's like 72 tracks. He's like, I'm taking a bunch of this shit out because it was too much. He was like, don't overload it. I was like, I feel you. But I also got Chance Parkman right here and I want to hear these fucking keys just for this. I was like, if it don't work, I ain't gonna use it. You know, he was like, man. And then once everything got in there, he came over there to me. He was like, <laughs> what more could you fucking ask for? That you're right. fucking heroes. You know what I'm saying? Being like, bet. You know, like, I'm good. And, and my favorite part is the payout had nothing to do with money or anything material. No, exactly. Nothing. Bro. Exactly. Money wouldn't have made me feel better about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. yeah. All right. So we have a segment here on the Producer Grind podcast. It is the um factor. So what we oh, do is we give you a topic to talk about for 30 seconds without pausing, saying uh, or anything. You just got to go straight. So for the topic for today, we want you to talk about the culture of the Five Points Bakery. All right? You got it? Yeah. Elle, you got the timer? DJ Burn One, you are on the um factor. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Set. Go. Uh, our whole energy is uh, Ricky saying, foreign to the ear. <laughs> We're foreign to the ear, familiar to the spirit, you know? So basically, like, we want to make something that touches your soul in a way that you feel like you've heard it before, but it hasn't, you know? 15 like, seconds. We're constantly exploring, constantly experimenting. I think you hear it in the music, like, we just yeah. want that knock, and we want some sounds that you ain't heard before, you know? I want to hodgepodge some shit where you All hear right. it, and you're like, what is this doing? Three. What is this making me feel two, like? Am I on drugs? One. DJ Burn, you have passed. The um factor, <laughs> and you got that good young mulligan at the beginning because he yeah. came out with the eye. I know, I heard it at the beginning. I was like, we're gonna let it slide, we're gonna let it slide. I'll be trying to let it slide because the, the, the one thing somebody, natural was, yeah. somebody was hit you with an eye, or they start out with just like silence. It's like, <laughs> uh, all right, so let me be like, uh, well, oh, man. you did pretty good on the um factor, bro. So, um, I know one of the things we talked about before we got started was you have a group called Indeed. Yeah, you guys wonder if you could talk about that. Yeah, and Face is uh, it's a group. Uh, Ricky and Walt, who produced with me, they got a band, uh, and they rap and sing, uh, amongst other things, and play all, all the instruments and stuff. So we put out three albums on them. You can check out the most recent album, uh, Who Killed the Last Dragon. Uh, that shit's super That's dope. That's a dope name. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, super tight. Uh, and it's just, it's fun. It's just a, a way to get a different side out. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if you do drums with a certain swing for so long, you're like, man, I just want to do something else. You know what I'm saying? So it's like nice to be able to do that. And then we got a new artist, Anna Valina, a female singer that we've been uh, developing for the past three years, mm -hmm. uh, who's out now. Uh, we actually just had an album just come out on iTunes yesterday called Land of a Million Chords. Okay. Uh, so if y'all check that out, she's yeah, got some songs dead. on there. Ricky and Walt got some solo songs on there. Um, then we got some instrumentals and some samples. Samples, samples of something big that we've been doing recently, too. Like we did the samples uh, for Bitch and Ugly God on Ugly God's album. Uh, Jericho, he's got a record called Stiff Arm. We did the sample for that. That'll be out Friday. Um, just something big we've been doing. We did a record with Young Mom, One Mind. One Mind did Unforgettable for French Montana. Mm -hmm. um, and so we sent it. It's like Walt playing violin, some keys and stuff. And then they just flipped it. And then Young Ma got on it. It's just cool. It's like a new way yeah. to collaborate. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, 
I used to love being in the studio and feeding off the energy, which I still do. But also, if somebody's in California and whatever, you know, it's just like, it's a cool way to collaborate. Y'all got a sound pack or sound kit, anything? Oh, uh, we got one coming out with License Lounge, actually. Oh, we, okay. got two, uh, we got two beat catalogs up. Licensing is something that we've been big on, too, recently. They mm-hmm. sell beat leases. Um, so we got two catalogs. We got one on Beat Stars and one on License Lounge. Uh, we got a sample pack coming out with License Lounge. So now producers will be able to get their hands on our sounds, and trick it out, you know what I'm saying, and guarantee. Because that's another thing, too. People want to sample, but they don't want to have to, like, oh, shit, is it going to be like Steely Dan and they take 99% of my publishing? Uh, yeah. You know, it's like we're always going to clear. Always going to be cool, you know? That that deal is exclusive with them, uh, with the with the sample kit, the the sample pack, the company you're going with. Uh, for this one, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it's up until this point, we have just been feeding producers like working with Honorable C Note, mm, One yeah. Mind, Cardo. We got one with Cardo on um the payroll album, payroll um payroll Giovanni. Okay, yeah, they got an album called Big Boss and Volume Two. We did a song with them on there called Deep. Um, you know, Carter did goosebumps and fucking all that yeah. shit. You know, he's been like my homie since back in the day. We're gonna have to holler at you all, all, off the air because we definitely might have to get a future sound kit from Five Points over on oh, producerline.com. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be dope, man. Well, that, that, that kind of um, I actually wanted to ask you about. You said you learned what selling, like what selling, how to sell music back at your yeah. old job that you yeah. had, and so that leads me to this next question: What does selling look like? Selling music look like in 2018? Man, you know what I what was cool about selling CDs, selling music at the CD stores, people would come in. And they'd be like, what's hot? And you'd be like, oh, X, Y, and Z. And they'd be like, why? So now it's like, yeah. it's always in the back of my mind when I'm making music, like, why would anybody listen to this shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. oh, because it's special in this way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I'm figuring that out. Selling music now is like, um, it's like being really consistent. You know what I'm saying? You're really selling yourself as an artist. I think I first saw that with Wiz. So he wasn't really selling a song because I went on tour with Wiz on his first big tour, the Cushion, where he put out Cushion Orange Juice mm-hmm. during the middle of the tour. Um, <clears throat> When I was out there with Yellow Wolf, and it was the first time I remember going out with uh, with the the PR, not the PR, but the booking agent for Wiz, and we were trying to figure out like what is it, you know what I'm saying? Like he ain't got one song that's doing it. She's like, if you're looking for a song, it ain't it. People fuck with him. It's a brand. That's where we're at nowadays. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People fuck with Yachty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not really just a song. Like people like Cold as Minnesota, but it's like he's still going. Yeah. People just fuck with that energy. You know what I'm saying? I feel like when you're that type of person, you're that type of cat. You know, like. Even Gucci or these people, like it's like a cult personality that somebody's gonna be consistent with putting out music. And it's not specifically off this one song did this or this that. You know, it's like it's always good to have a hit or whatever, but these people that are physic like look at currency. Yeah. Currency. Currency been ain't got many. one song that we are like, this is the currency song. Yeah, it's just the vibe. Yeah, man. He's just got so much material. He's gonna keep dropping the album, keep dropping this. So my brother put me on the currency back in high school. Well, I I think of what he said about the branding too, right? Like this is what I know about currency. If I don't know nothing else, we can smoke to that. Yeah, we can smoke some weed. That's kind of yeah, bro. And that's why I saw with Wiz too. Yeah, exactly. The fucking stoner you want to hang out with. You know what I'm saying? Like girls want to hang with me. Guys want to be me. You know what I'm saying? It's just that type of energy. You know, I think people feel and you know. I feel like, especially certain people, when you're spreading that much light, like Wiz is all on the positivity. Mm-hmm. Yachty's all on the positivity. When you're on that type of shit, even that dude, what's his name, Kyle, Super Duper Kyle? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when you're that fucking happy and that bright, mm-hmm. and you know, you're around these people, and it's like, what is star power? What is star attraction? When that man walks into a room, people just, yeah. Even if they didn't know who he was before, they just naturally come around him. You know what I'm saying? And when they start talking, everybody shuts up and listens. <laughs> Influence. I try to tell people, like, one, the first thing I knew about working with rappers, if you're in a room full of rappers, you're not going to get a word in edgewise. Because <laughs> rappers just got so much personality and yeah. the really good ones are the ones you want to shut up. The really good ones are the ones that the other rappers be quiet and listen to. Yeah, absolutely. 
Is it so now, power something you're born with or is it something that you can work towards? Um, I think you can develop it. But I don't know if you can just I don't know. I really I'll never say never to anything because I've seen some miraculous turnarounds <laughs> and shit of like, really that guy? Or really you know what I'm saying? From like, you know, seeing OJ is just a homie that was around Gucci that like having the biggest record in the city. Yeah. And like being really charismatic <laughs> and you know, just seeing them just being cool, you know, it's like I think anybody, but even like when I met Young Dro, I knew he was a star. You know what I'm saying? Um, just because he was fucking funny. You know what I'm saying? He was so he was like a cartoon character in your face. You know what I'm saying? Some people just jump off the page. You know, and I feel like I don't know if you could really create that. Mm-mm. Why are so many people? Because what I heard you say also is these are people that are just being themselves. Why are people so afraid to be themselves now? Man, want to fit in. People want to blend in. You know, which is kind of weird. You know, I've always kind of been about standing out. You know, maybe that's just from growing up and the way I did and sitting at the one table with the kids who yeah. accepted. Never really worried about acceptance. You know what I'm saying? So I was always cool going left. Like when I put out the ashtray, which was an instrumental album that we did when me and my guys first got together, it was like, you know, industry people are like, oh, you're just going to end up with a bunch of whack people on your beats and da 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 and this, that, and the other. And I was like, I don't care. Like I want to put this vibration out there to the world to hear. And it wasn't the beats that everybody was doing at the time. You know what I'm saying? It was something different weren't perfectly sequenced. It wasn't nothing perfect about it. It was just us, you know? I think people appreciate that, you know? I think more and more people are realizing it's better to just be yourself because you're going to get exposed for being, yeah, every uh, trying to be somebody else the every burden fucking is too, day. The burden is way too heavy. I, to I was going to say, uh, especially uh, shit being as wild as it is now. Like, yeah. if you want to be on all that fucking gun talk and all that shit, bro, you fucking better be about it and know how to move in accordance. You know what I'm saying? It's like people out here every day rapping about all this extra shit, getting caught, you know? It's like, hey, man. You better fucking take this shit real serious, that, that energy you're putting in the music. Now, if you came from it and you're telling the reporting of what you've been around, that's one thing. You know, if you're rapping about straps and shit just because you think it's a fashion statement, if you're trying to join a gang just because you want to wear red, if you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, this better be true to your core and your spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody trying Nipsey. They know what that's about. That's a real honest coming from a real place. Some of these other cats die, you know. See it. Um, a good a good producer colleague of mine that had been in the industry. Um, he was telling me a story about how when he first came in, he was rapping, and they had a major label deal on the table, but the label wanted them to adopt this these characters, and it was like some some redneck backwoods type of thing. And he knew from the moment if they sign their name on that paper, I'm this guy for the rest of my life. Forget and that. it's just kind of like you'll never be free if you decide to be something you're not. Yeah, man. You know, it's interesting because I feel like. Um, Bubba Sparks kind of got pigeonholed in that. You know, mm. that's a good friend of mine. And he was definitely a rapper from the country. That's his new album coming out. But he was a rapper from the country. But I don't think he was hanging out in pig pens. And, you know what I'm saying? Wearing mm. overalls. You know what I'm saying? But they were just like, let's play that shit yeah. up. You worked it's with marketing. Enough- it looks iconic. Yeah. It looks like, you know what I'm saying? Something. But then it's like, by the time you come around to do a new booty, it's like, oh, now he's a street cat or whatever. It's like he was always the cool, cooler, not street, but he was always the cooler urban country dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was like to just throw him in the pig pen with the overalls and no glasses. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like, it wasn't all the way exactly. I, I feel like they did that with Yellow Wolf too. Yeah. There was a lot going on with that too. But yeah, it's like, yeah, I feel like, you know, once you kind of get in that lane, it's kind of hard to, to, to pull out. So it's kind of hard for you to like... Mm. Totally go in. It's funny. It's like I see some parallels between rap and wrestling. <laughs> nah, for real. You know, yeah. it's like you can't not. They create these characters and then they put them out there. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, what do you do when that character, you know, turns heel? It turns, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, 
you don't you can't control that. You know, in wrestling, you can control that. You can give somebody the belt and be like, oh, we're going to get him back with the goodwill of the people, you know? Yeah. We'll have him join NWO and get cool for a minute, then he'll come back to the good side or whatever the fuck it is, you know? It's like, <laughs> what is rap, it's like, you're kind of that person. Yeah. And we're always going to remember you as the first thing we saw you as, you know? And certain people can reinvent themselves. You know, like Kanye's done a decent job of, like, reinventing himself and, like, going from, like, you know, backpack dude to futurist to whatever, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, shit, even Future. You know, like, Future came out... He was one thing, and then you know he came out with um, what was it? I don't know if it was Honest or Pluto or something. And then he had like love songs and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And everybody was like, a lot of people say this? before and after Bugatti, right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people were like, what is what is what is this? You know, it's like he's yeah. doing a video with the moon and girls singing. <laughs> you know, and they're like, what is this? And then he went back to you know what I'm saying. It was like, y'all want street shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, all right. This is what y'all want. I got you. And then he fucking went back in his bag in the dirty sprite. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if y'all want that, I'm gonna give that to y'all on ten. You know, but it's it's hard once you set those expect, expectations for yourself. You know, so we got overrated, underrated on the producer Ryan podcast. Well, with I, I want to ask one good question for you. Oh, well, go ahead, go ahead, bro. So, what exactly are industry plants, and you know, what are your thoughts? Right <laughs> <now>? <laughs> you Man, that, I, I, mean, I want to know. I just didn't see that coming. Yeah. Now, I mean, it went with the last question. I thought what we were talking about. Yeah, it does. Um, wow. I don't know, man. I you know, I go real? back and I go back and forth on this. You know, going through my experience. I would say ASAP Rocky was a, was an industry plant. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, bro, you got millions of dollars coming out, and it's like you're putting out as a mixtape. Like you're just like building all this buzz on your own, but it's like a bunch of money behind you to push it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I think that's literally the definition of what that is. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it was a big thing too. I learned while I was out there is like a lot of people are signed and they're not telling people because they want it to look like it's organic. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's part of that culture. You know what I'm saying? Not like, oh, it's, you know, and I think people say industry plans like, oh, that invalidates what somebody's done. Like, he busted his ass and, like, made it, and he's a star. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Asap Rocky's absolutely a star. But it's like, I feel like that is the definition of what that is. You know what I'm saying? I know they were joking about Rari and all that shit, but they were developing them. You know what I'm saying? Like, artist development. Like, what else do you want? You know, it's like, and ours ain't doing artist development no more. You know, so it takes a company who's super dope, like uh, Love Renaissance, you know, to fucking do that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think these are also just terms that people on the internet like to argue about, like type beat producers. You know, you can literally just type in type beat producers and just see so many arguments over, oh, they're just making beats that sound like it this. And it's like, no, nah, it's really a marketing tactic. Exactly. I didn't even understand. Yeah. That. yeah, It's just a marketing tactic. Like we went and did some music with these kids at the Boys and Girls Club in the Thomasville Heights two days ago. And we it was like, they were, we got verses already. It's like, what y'all write to? They pulled up Young Thug type beat and it was a cash money AP beat. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and it's yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Check. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just interesting, man. I love how things move around and, and things are just, you know. But, you know, I definitely think people just like to argue over fucking terms. You know what I'm saying? Just Semantics. Of it. Yeah, it well, is semantics. Well, I'm down. laughing because as you started to answer the question, you took I didn't understand your question to be, I guess I thought industry plant to me was something else. Oh, for real? Yeah. I guess to me, I thought industry plant was, yo, there's no way that song isn't good and it's doing numbers, and people seem to love it. To me, that's an industry plant. But also, this is just, like, perception, because I definitely see how what you just described. Yeah, you can't really fake success. Like, people genuinely fuck with Peso, though. Like, that was a great song. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, shit yeah. jumped it off. You know what I'm saying? But the plan part was having a million dollars behind you and not acting like you're not signed. Mm. And not paying your fucking producers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, pay your producers, pay your producers. Yeah. Pay your so producers, with, God producers. Damn. With, with the way how, you, you know, you say it's like WWE now, and, you know, with... The, <laughs> In the reality shows and everything, you think 
it's going more towards more, being more industry plans. Do you think that's kind of like where we'll eventually get away from it? What do you think? It's definitely in vogue to be signed and not tell people you're signed. Mm-hmm. And for them to like keep building their, uh, you know, there's probably five rappers out there, probably some of the top rappers who you don't think are signed. They're like secretly signed to somebody and they got to deal with somebody. It's just getting pumped. Um, I don't know, man. Get it how you live, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can't fake success. You know what I'm saying? Like people genuinely like Coldest Minnesota. People genuinely mm-hmm. like these songs. And you can't, you know, like you look at how many times people have tried to push it. Like you remember, uh, I don't know, back in the day, I could just remember so many rappers. Of You could tell they were throwing marketing dollars behind it, but it wasn't moving. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think you see that much nowadays because you can't fake Spotify numbers. and You can't fake certain things. Well, you can fake Spotify numbers. You can fake all the numbers. Uh, a little bit, you know. It's like people thought they could fake SoundCloud numbers, but it's like if you don't get com- if you got like four comments and five hundred thousand listens, it's like this shit don't add up. You know, you can get spot like people know. You know what I'm saying? Like the labels know. Like if you're faking these numbers, mm. that's why people like buying followers or doing this shit. It's like you're not fooling anybody, but people right. who don't give a shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're like oh, I got five hundred thousand followers, that don't matter. As soon as the label looks into it, they're like, you know. Now, what about using what about using the fake numbers as a tactic to like gain attention? Because you know, people are like, who's this dude getting all these likes, man? I got to I got to see who this is. I might miss out. You know what I mean? Um, I think if it becomes enough to where people are paying attention to it, it's probably genuine. If, you if know you what I'm saying? It is. Yeah. If it gets to a point where it's genuine, you know what I'm saying? We can all like point to like a random person who might leave a comment. And you look at their page. You're like, how the fuck does this person have five hundred thousand people? And you look and they got like. A thousand likes on a page or something, you're like, this don't add up to fucking five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that. But if it's like somebody that's actually popping, I think a lot of time with hip hop, when you hear something like a yachty that's so different, you're like, I can't believe it. It must be fake. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, no, some people actually just kind of like shit that's just fun. Yeah. You got to remember, rap is part of entertainment. When people got music stop, is entertainment. People got to stop making snap judgments. So <clears throat> like observe, just observe. Spend a it week, is. two weeks, three weeks. And as stuff is different, people are automatically not going to appreciate it as much. I'm honestly more surprised when I hear somebody that sounds like everybody and they're popping. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how's this guy that sounds like everybody? Like, this dude literally sounds like everybody and he's popping. Yeah. That kind of blows my mind more than somebody who's just like Yachty or somebody that just comes out of left field and just like, you know, first time you heard Coda's Minnesota, you're like, is that pitched up? Because you don't yeah. understand that they pitched the whole song. You, know? you just don't understand the why behind it. Yeah, you That's don't what, get it. It's like it's back to the same new. thing you learned. You said you're always asking for the why. Like, why are people yeah. listening? And Makes so it's sense. like punk rock. You know, it's like when the original punk rockers are doing it, they weren't caring about levels and fucking just whatever. They're just fucking doing it. And then labels and people come in, they start being like, oh, they like distortion. Let's yeah. put some distortion on here. They, <laughs> and they, you know what I'm saying? They sanitize it. Then they start reverse engineering it, basically, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And it becomes these sanitized, watered down, you know, like I think a lot of pop radio, you hear that now. Because I got kids, we'll listen to, you know, pop radio. I think you hear a lot of that now of like, we're talking about just like the hip hop influence, mm-hmm. you know, like we're just tight, man. You know, the beautiful thing about the hip hop influence is everybody's drums are knocking down. You know what I'm saying? You're like, damn, that's Selena Gomez record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, holy shit. And it's like, it's interesting too, because it's giving work to a lot of people who are fire mm-hmm. and got talents way beyond rap, like my homie Happy Perez. He did How You Do That There for C Loke back when I was a child. You know what I'm saying? I remember hearing that, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But like, oh shit, what's that? And fucking hearing that shit. And then all the way going up. And now he put out, you know, when I was even 
a little bit older, he put out Baby Bash, Sugar Sugar. He did that <laughs> shit, some other stuff. How about that joint? And then he went past that and he put out Miguel. He did Short Thing. So the other day, he did Luke Skywalker. So fucking now he's doing Halsey, Now or Never. To doing uh, what else he did? He did uh, he did a record on the Superfly record, um, the the title track. That's like the theme playing yeah. throughout the whole thing. Uh, yeah. No shame. Yeah, he did that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, that's so beautiful that he yeah. can get pop money now. Before you know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have got a hip hop producer doing pop shit. Not on the regular. You might have got Timberland mm-hmm. doing a record with Nelly Furtado. That was it. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like, oh, there's so much more. Room to go around. That's why they're like, there's no money in music. Don't let them fucking tell you that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's people trying to game you. That's people mm-hmm. trying to take from you. It's out there. You just got to find how it's moving around. Think there's music playing in more places than ever. Mm-hmm. You can't walk down the street and not hear it playing from like a little stone in a shopping center on the ground in a car passing by on somebody's phone. It's playing everywhere. That that fact, I was thinking about this last week. It it. It shocks me how little the average person knows about making beats, but how greatly it affects their lives. And that that perplexes me. Like that that concept perplexes me. You have no idea how to make a beat, yet all of that music is in your car, it's on your screen, it's in your headphones. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a phenomenon in and of itself. Yeah, it's definitely wild. It's crazy. All right, man. Overrated, underrated. Get back to overrated, overrated, underrated. Here we go. Overrated, underrated on the Producer Grind podcast with DJ Burnwood. Overrated, underrated. We present you with five topics. You simply tell us whether you think that topic is overrated or underrated. And if we feel it merits further discussion, we will ask you. DJ Burnwood, are you ready for overrated, underrated? Yes. Overrated, underrated. Thrift store shopping. Oh, man. Super underrated. Facts. Super underrated. Are we, Facts. Did we just say super? Uh, man, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, dog. I just had some community service. I realized how much I've been overpaying for shit. I was like, damn, <laughs> dog. Bro. I was like, man, you get a whole fucking living room set for like 200 bucks. The fuck did I pay 2000 for? You know what I'm saying? It's like, and even equipment and different shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, there's so many sales and books. I got 10 bucks for a dollar. Damn. 10 bucks for a dollar. And there were fire books that easily were going for like 40 a piece. Damn. You know what I'm saying? It's like, shit's amazing, dog. I'm, I'm learning to be thrifty. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's tight. I know the thrift store, the, the big plug, the big hack with the thrift stores, they be having like plugs and adapters. They'll have like a whole thing of like plugs and adapters for like some old shit you need. Yeah. Yeah, they got real cool shit. Overrated, underrated on the Producer Grind podcast with DJ Burn One. Overrated, underrated, LimeWire. LimeWire, man. That was, that was one of the places where it all started. I'll say the place where it all started for me was fucking the AOL chat rooms. I'm gonna take it way back. I don't yeah, know anybody knows. Yeah. Like you remember? You, wait, you remember Bear Share? Bear Share. Yeah, I was yeah, using Bear Share. Yeah. It's Bear Share. Yeah, bro. I'm bro. Well, the AOL chat rooms was like the precursor to all of that. Like, what basically when you're on the 56k, like the dial-up shit, you would go into these chat rooms and they had it to where you could type in a command plus the album title, and it would email you the album and it would download it overnight. Hmm. So it's like, because nobody was using the phone during night, I'd let a whole album download for like seven hours, six, seven hours Dang. overnight. And I'd wake up and have an album. And that's how I ended up like burning CDs and getting into actual music because I was the only person that knew how to get albums off the internet back then. Bro, you was like the plug back then. I remember I went to high school with a guy like you, boy. That yeah. stay with something. Was you getting video games too? Um, Not initially. Not initially. I was just playing like Minecraft. Not Minecraft, but... um. Solitaire. Oh, okay. I remember you probably met on a chat line. (laughs) (laughs) Overrated, underrated with DJ Burn. One overrated, underrated. Backwoods. 
backwards. Uh, you talking about the rap group or the blunts? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I forgot about backwards, but yeah, the bro. I'll smoke a backwards with somebody every now and then, bro. But I feel like I'm gonna die. My homie Poe, uh, he was from DC. He was from DC, and I remember he was the first person I knew smoking like eight years ago down here, and I was like, Poe. <laughs> All right, it's just so dark. I, I'm on the Jays, bro. I love the Jays. You know oh. what I'm saying? I like the yeah. Bro. Raw papers, yeah. yeah, like the natural cones, you know what I'm saying? What's your favorite strain? Oh, man. Uh, man, I'm going to say Tangy. That was yeah. the last thing I smoked with my dog Seth. You know what I'm saying? He loved that fucking Tangy OG. Uh, it was really nice. Carrington, what's your favorite strain? I don't have one. I really don't. I was about to say, also, too, I just smoke weed. Like, I'm just <laughs> smoking. Like, if somebody brings me weed, I'm probably just going to smoke weed. Yeah, you know right. I'm not going to be like, what is this? When I was, like, a real casual smoker, like, all right, whatever. Like, once once you smoking heavy, like, I care what I'm smoking. I know you care what you smoking, right? What yeah, you, I like you? the up weed, too. I don't like the sleepy weed. <laughs> you know, I always forget and get it confused, but I like the up weed. I like to be working, you know? Indi- I don't like to smoke nothing and be like. Indicas, they call them in the couch. That's how you know. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Everything's like a hybrid now anyways, though. That's true. Part. That's facts. Overrated, underrated with DJ Burn one. Overrated, underrated. Tour life. Tour right. Tour life. Man. <laughs> Fuck, dog. I'm going to have to say the experiences are underrated. Doing the grind is overrated as fuck. That's just tough, dog. It's hard to focus. You know what I'm saying? You're dealing with a lot of boredom, a lot of traveling. A lot of you can't do productive shit while you're traveling. Mm-hmm. So it's like you end up doing other shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I fell into a spill of doing like pain pills and shit. You know what I'm saying? Just like pass the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Be like, oh, see, I fucked up. I can be in public without people knowing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like play weird ass fucking games with yourself and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's going to be the outtake right there. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just, just being honest. You know what I'm saying? It's like you just end up doing these weird things to bide your time. You know what I'm saying? Um, my homie Elmatic, he just got off. He's a photographer. He just got off tour with um, Big Crit. Oh, that's he, what's up. He did a, I just saw him doing an interview talking about how he just had to just take like a month off when he came back. Just like reassess. Like and, recalibrate. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to tour with Ritz too. And it was just like, man, just so much heavy drinking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm not being productive. I'm not making music. And I'm not making a bunch of money. So I'm like, what am I really doing? It just mm. feels very masturbatory just to be out there. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not getting anything from this. You know what I'm saying? At all. I'm just doing this for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not helping my family. I'm not getting any better in life. I'm just fucking getting smashed out here every night. You know, like, dapping people up. People tell me I'm great. You know what I'm saying? This is nice for a little while. But yeah. after a while, I'm like, you know, I like, I like, uh, I like performing and shit. Now that I'm playing instruments, it's probably a little bit more fun. But I really just enjoy making music. You know what I'm saying? I like developing artists. I like taking stuff from the ground up. I like finding people. You know, like when I was with Gucci, no, you know, he didn't have, like, the first day I met Gucci, he had done the Black Tea remix and played that for me. But that was, like, mm. right when he did So Icy. He hadn't released it. He took me to his mom's basement and played me So Icy. You know? It was like, I fuck with him just because he was, like I said, he was just a funny dude who was rapping about real shit. Just like when I met Drew, he's just like a cartoon character. And that's just usually my base. I'm like, does this guy entertain me? Is this funny? Is this something I'd be interested in? Yeah. And usually once I pass that, I'm like, shit, I'll, I'll fuck with them and spend some time and try to, you know, take it where we can take it. Podcast Achievement Unlocked. <sighs> he used masturbatory in a sentence. <laughs> 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 masturbatory. Yo, man, what's next? 2018. Man, everything, everything, man. I got a really dope record that I'm working on uh, with David Banner now. We're about to go to New Orleans and work with Trombone Shorty. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
goals, producer goals. Right. And it's fire, dog. It's like a second line of record. It's just beautiful. Like, literally, I just spent the past two days just doing nothing but working on it. And it's a blast, man. I'm like, what else would I rather be doing? You know what I'm saying? I just sent him the beat. It was like four in the morning. I just sent him like a little snippet of the beat, like a video. I was like, he'll wake up in the morning and send me something back. He texted me back immediately. Hard as shit. Da, 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 da. Send me some, you know what I'm saying? Send me some notes. I'll stay up to like 7.30 sequencing it and shit like that. And the next day, I spent all day. It's just like, man, it's just so much fucking fun. But doing that, um, you know, we got the Superfly record out. So I'm, I'm excited about the work that's going to come from that, especially being a different sound of record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds very cinematic. You know what I'm saying? So seeing what comes off of that. Um, we get, had the Land of a Million Chords album that just dropped. Y'all go check that out. That gives you a little taste. It's like a little taster of everything mm-hmm. we got. Um, and then uh, Walt's got a solo album. Like I said, we've been developing uh, Anna Valina. We're about to ready to start rolling her stuff out. We got so much music, and that's just so different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's just a different flavor. You know what I'm saying? I like when stuff just catches me, and I'm like, there's not this out there right yeah. now. That's all I'm looking for. There's not this out there right now. I know it's out there. I pay enough attention to what's out there. and Because that's the thing I find with producers, too. Don't just be in a hole and not just paying attention mm-hmm. to shit. Don't do it. Because then you're going to think you didn't change the game and either, hey, somebody's done it, is doing it, or you're just way off left and you're not even way in the behind. fucking sphere. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, pay attention enough to know what's going on and figure out how you can slide in. Um, but we got that. Um, we just got a, a bunch of stuff, man. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to just releasing music. The old the old head way and the old way of doing it is cycles. Get an album cycle. In three months, we're going to promote and do this. No, now it's just dropping music. Drop music, stay consistent, put out content. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm trying to figure out which way we want to put out content, you know, because they got different they got different people, um, you know, like doing YouTube tutorials and shit like that. Uh, I think we're going to end up doing like a producer master class uh, as opposed to doing like very small tutorials. Just do like a class. And you just buy the class. You know what I'm saying? And maybe like 12 things. You know what I'm saying? Sound selection, arrangement. Just kind of going down and being like, if you're a producer and you want to learn more or if you don't know shit, you know what I'm saying? We're going to give you the 12, whatever, you know, to kind of do that. I feel like that's better for us. Like, I like tutorials. I like watching them. Mm-hmm. But just doing a tutorial on oh, how to make your 808 sit harder, do this. It's deeper than that. Much me. deeper. It's deeper than that for me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you can't put it all together, you know, getting the snare to knock ain't going to fucking matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like, if you ain't got no melody, mm-hmm. if you ain't got the right sound, if you're using, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the big thing with me is, like, using earth sounds and recording stuff. Like, we did, uh, we did, uh, sound design for movie trailers. We did like 30 sounds and sold them to a company. And so now you hear our shit in movie trailers, just like random hits, breaking Hennessy bottles and fucking putting animal sounds and all this shit, you know what I'm saying? But that just opened my mind. Did y'all document that process? No. (laughs) This is before the whole thing. Uh, We might end up probably for the producer masterclass, we'll probably do a little section on sound design and we're gonna film all that too and put it with it, you know? That's dope. Cause I feel like you know people just need knowledge, and there's so many people giving away to take back immediately. You know, I've always given from a place of just if I just share and give and throw alley oops. That's why I feel like I got good karma, good mojo now. You know, like good things happen just because I've thrown alley oops and I like, like hooked somebody with somebody and like done that. this for somebody and done this and helped somebody with this and helped this and didn't ask for nothing. I don't need nothing from you, not from you or for you or for anybody in particular. You know what I'm saying? Like if I do something, that was that was for me. You know what I'm saying? That was just to like, oh, this is a good dude. Let me plug you somebody. And it's like, there's plenty of times that I hook somebody up and they just like ran off with the plug or done this or done that. And it's like, please don't run off. That's with fine. The plug. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I've learned how to stay away from negative people and, and who to keep around me and stuff like that. 
But I never did, did anything for anybody. And I think people, when they come in the game, they're just looking for what they can get. That's a bad place to come from. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know how much you're going to grow. Yeah. You know, you need to come in. Like, if you want to learn how to produce, like, I'll have to give you a real quick tip. If y'all want to get around producers, start doing interviews. Just like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to know you guys now just from doing this. Thanks. You know, like, I literally, when I wanted to get around producers that I fuck with, I did a hip hop DVD called The Fix. I don't even, I tried to look online and find it. I don't even know where this shit's at now. <laughs> but I basically went around to DJ Tune. I went to Mr. DJ. I went to all my favorite producers. I hit them up, found their little contact information, hit them up. Hey, man, can I do an interview? Did the interview. They saw the shit. They saw I did dope work. And I felt, I followed through with my word. And they saw that I was cool and I wasn't fucking annoying. And so I hit them up a couple weeks later. Hey, what's up, man? I'm around. You mind if I follow through? Shit, yeah, come through and smoke one. You know what I'm saying? And I could just be a fly on the wall and watch them produce. You know what I'm saying? How invaluable is that to sit there and watch DJ Toon make countless beats per day for however many times I went over there? And now me and Toon were super fucking cool. Like, that's like my OG road dog. And somebody was saying some stupid shit on some industry shit behind my back. And he was like, hey, dog, I defend. I told him about this and da 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 and told me about it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's real life connections. But it, was come, it came from providing that value. And finding a reason to get in and not just randomly emailing people or sending them, you know, yo, fuck with me, let's collab, da 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 da. That does nothing for me. Yeah. Why would I do that for you? You know, back in the day, I would have done something like that. But now I got my own shit. I got things. I got mouths to feed. I got whatever, you know? It's like if people were coming to me, yo, I got some drums for you that are fucking crazy. Well, shit, send them. Let me, you know what I'm saying? Come bring me some value. Do something for me. And then I can, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's what I was just doing for other people. So that's a real easy tip just to like get in the circle. No, I'm just, yes. When I did, I'll tell you the real, the real thing. Like I went to school with the girls Ecstasy, who were signed with Grand Hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were two girl rappers, and I went to high school with them. They were like a grade or two above me, and they were came into my CD store, had given mixtapes. I was like, Yo, I'm doing mixtapes. Uh, y'all think y'all can do some drops and get Ti to host my tape? So when I was in my senior year of high school, Ti was my first tape when trap music came out. Mm-hmm. I was in high school, had my host mixtape hosted by him. You know, I'm like that made me fucking legit. Like everybody went from talk, looking down on me because I was a white dude, I'm half Mexican, but the white dude who talked black, what they thought, you know what I'm saying? To fuck, oh shit, you're cool as fuck. You're hanging out with T.I. Da 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 da. And then that allowed me, not like I gave a fuck about people, but it, you know, changed perceptions, but then it allowed me to go through Grand Hustle. Mm-hmm. And I'll get off from school, like I said, I'm hitting 285. And i stop at Grand Hustle for a couple hours and just sit there, just shut the fuck up and watch. You know what I'm saying? I bother nobody and I do shit. And I remember asking Big Country, the first time I saw Pro Tools 5, Big Country was recording himself. I was like, what are them colors? He said, that green one, a snare, man. <laughs> I was like, what's the blue one? That's, that's a kick right there. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay. Still don't know what the fuck a kick or a snare. Not for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, go home. Kick. Snare. You know what I'm saying? And learn. You know what I'm saying? It's incremental. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. the, the thing is, like, I realized doing a little bit every day is better than trying to fucking become a king or Overnight. a master in one day. That ain't finna happen. These incremental gains is where it's at. I recently just got back on working out and I realized I tried to run up this hill one day on Sunday. Made it halfway up the hill. Next day, I made it up the hill. The next day, I made it up the hill and around my neighborhood. Yesterday, I had to, like, go do something or whatever. And I ran, like, a slick mile. Not even getting winded. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? So I, had to like, I had to like check myself. I was like, what is wrong? What is, I was like, I'm actually getting in better health just by doing a little bit more every day. And I'm realizing that with the bass too, learning a little bass chords and say, learn a little thing that day, practice a little bit more, quicker, better, sharper. I'm hopping in more. You know what I'm saying? 
It's like just just do things you can do each day to make you better. But you know that understanding comes with maturity, right? Yeah, that's why I'm trying to share it with the kids yeah. now. I ain't preaching. I'm trying to share y'all the things out. We say hope yeah. went through that, so you ain't gotta go through yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You know? But like at like at 20, like you think, oh, I see that I have to have everything now. You don't even realize. Like I was telling some, some people, new producers hit me up all the time. Yo, I want to take my first step. What should I do? If I gave you the best doll with every possible plug-in you could have, yeah, it would no be too much no for you. The best thing is to start with something small and hit your ceiling. And when you hit your ceiling, you'll know exactly what you need next. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, you know, use frustration to fuel you. And so many times I hit my wall. I'm like, Google, how do you? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's a very humbling thing to be like, I don't know, and do it. And I feel like everybody is so caught up in this. I know. I got this. I know. You know, I, I always tell this funny story about Bubba Sparks. I used to always, I wasn't a yes man, but I was like, it was my first time being around a low-key celebrity or whatever. You know what I'm saying? A star. And so when they would be talking about shit, I just, no matter what the fuck they're talking about, just because you don't want to seem stupid, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And one time he was just like, you know, if you don't know what you're talking about, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, damn, you cut me deep, bro. That's some good advice, though. But it was, man. Shut the fuck up. You might learn something. You know what I'm saying? Shut the fuck up. You might learn something. And then it's like, you don't know where that goes. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I learned. It's very cool. I listened to Malcolm Gladwell talk about his parents who were like incredibly educated. And he was like, his dad had no problem coming off as an idiot to somebody. He could talk about somebody be like, this, oh yeah, I changed my tire. And he was like, I don't understand. And somebody looking at him like he's an idiot. He was like, I don't understand. Could you tell me? So yeah, well, you just take the nut and you do this. Oh, cool. Now he fucking knows. Knows how to change Man, the tire. Man, bro, that is powerful. Now I know. Now I know. As opposed to being like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, taking that 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 trial, the cloud of mystery off and actually having the knowledge is more important than feeling like you know. Because everybody wants to look like they're in control. Nobody's in control. You know what I'm saying? None of us. We're all just like drifting through life trying to make the best decision, bouncing off this. Day you know what I'm day. saying? It's yeah. like, yeah. It's like just understand what you know. And now I fucking know. You know that like that's what I learned from from my dog Seth. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like trial and error, trial and error, trial and error until he learned what he knew. And you weren't fucking finna get him off his square. You know what I'm saying? Oh, let's do this, that, and the other. I'm not doing it. Damn, this dude's an asshole. This dude's whatever. He just knows his shit. You know what I'm saying? I remember when he we were doing the last mix session we did. I watched him roll, put a high pass filter, a low pass, whatever, roll off the bottom of my 808 to like 30 hertz. And I was like, I like slid up by him. I was like, what you doing, dog? What you doing rolling off my bottom? I need my bass, my bass, my bottom. He was like, it's moving the speaker, but you don't hear it. He like rolled off the top to the bottom and just lets you hear just that 30. And you're like, it's this, useless. This fucking useless it's nothing. As soon as you roll off to that 30, pro tip, get your 808s to bang harder. Roll that fucking shit off to 30. It's automatically because you're clearing headroom. That's the thing what people don't understand about music. You can only go to zero. You can't go past zero. You know what I'm saying? You only got so much water to put in the glass. You know what I'm saying? Then you can't go over it. So it's like if you take off a little bit of the bottom, you got more of the top that can go. So you roll that off, it gets louder. I was like, I didn't understand that. That's why future shit. You know what I'm saying? It's right in there. And he wasn't doing a thousand things. You know, like when you first get in the mix and shit, you're like, I need to use this plugin. I need to use this. And I got to use that because I saw this or whatever. You really don't. You know what I'm saying? It starts with sound selection. And you know, it's like, if you're doing beats for feature, you got a solid sound selection already. So he knew if Sizzle gives him an 808, he don't have to fucking reinvent the 808. Let me put my sample. No, dog. Roll off a little bit of that bottom. 
You're talking about from zero to 30 hertz. Like, yeah. like on the, yeah, frequency. the very oh, bottom of the okay. frequency spectrum. Yeah, dog. Just roll that shit off. You're going to hear the beat knock harder, and the whole thing's going to be apparently louder. You know? You're like this too, in the way you come off. A lot of the best engineers we meet are not like technical guys, they're like problem solvers. That's what turn, it is. Turn your mic up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's been slowly coming. You're supposed to touch this, but. Huh? Oh, my yeah, bad, my bad. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. It's been slowly kind of going on. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, but the best engineers are, are are problem solvers. So it's not like get that plug in, get this plug in. Like, no, nah, I need to do this. What can I do to get that done? Yeah, yeah, and and that's all it is is create a problem solving because you're always going to use an instrument you never use or a thing you never had. It's good to know. So where can we find you on social media, bro? At DJ Burn One, DJ B U R N O N E. Uh, our website's the Five Points Bakery dot com. All spelled out: the Five Points Bakery. Uh, that's really where you can keep up with us, man. We got like our discography. We got all the stuff we've been pushing. We have done a couple vlogs, like we went to Cali and did some stuff. I, I put up a couple more, uh, working with G Coop, who did Bad and Bougie, um, and One Mind. Like I said, the guys who did Unforgettable, we did a couple sessions out there and just put them up. It's cool just to let people see the process because it's like, I feel like things are so traditional. You know what I'm saying? Even when people use live instruments, they'll just get a guitar player to play and then they just keep the lick. You know what I'm saying? Like, we might have three people play at one time, grab, like play for 20 minutes, grab a little piece of the section, pitch that shit down, and then build off of that and do completely the music and say, fuck the other 19 minutes of the music. You know? It's like I'm big on chance right now. Brother, like can- things just by chance happening. And just, just for some reason, I just happened to pick this. And it could have came out no other way other than it did. That, to me, I'm feeling like the energy of like how fleeting that moment. You know what I'm saying? On one hand, I feel you. On the other hand, I'm just thinking, bro, can we buy them scraps? <laughs> you got 20 minutes hey, of guitar. You know, actually, that is where some of these samples come from. I'll go back in sessions and be like, wow, we did play for 20 minutes and didn't use only but a snippet of it. And that snippet was super hard, but we also got this other shit. And you can flip stuff a different way. You know, like if you throw it in a sampler and pitch three sounds down is way different than pitching the one guitar up. You know what I'm saying? Or picking another part, you know? Hell yeah. Uh-huh. I can talk about this shit all day, bro. I love it. <laughs> this has been fun, bro. Yeah. Informative. Hell yeah. That's what's up, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate that. you pulling up, man. Yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate, appreciate y'all you. having me. This yeah, is dope. Sure. Yeah. I love it, man. I feel like I've gone through a bunch of shit and I would I would be uh remiss if I didn't tell people about it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. like, now nah, I feel like it's my duty. That's why I was like, I started a nonprofit. Not like, oh, I, I you know, for any type of whatever else. I'm like, I need to share this information. You know what I'm saying? Else. I gotta give it out. Like I just did a, a Seth Ferkins appreciation thread. If you go to my Twitter feed, uh, and I just put up a bunch of articles. He did like a sound on sound article where he breaks down everything he did on Future's Draco track. Oh, wow. You want to know how to mix a track? Just fucking read that shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, wow, he's not doing a million things. He's doing a couple things really well. You know what I'm saying? But he's got interviews with Pensado's Place and all this shit. But I just put it all down because I'm like, he gave us this information. You know what I'm saying? I want to keep continuing that. You know what I'm saying? Just like all this stuff I've learned and been in the whole learning. Now I'm coming out. I'm ready to go. I'm like, let me give this information away. You know, let me share all this stuff I learned. Well, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you joining us, brother. Much love, guys. Once again, man, that's the Producer Grind Podcast. It's episode 21 in the can. Thanks for joining us. Peace.